0: Share with bloodstains all over it, maybe laundry isn't your biggest problem right now.
1: I remember the day the candle shop burned down. Everybody just stood around and sang happy birthday.
2: And a security guard came over and said, you're going to have to move. You're blocking the fire exit as though if there was a fire, I wasn't going to run.
1: Right you make love to the right woman,
3: Johnny. Yes, beautiful, beautiful. I mean, the last time I made love to my wife, it was ridiculous.
1: <laughs> Nothing was happening. I looked at her. I said, what's the matter? Can't you think of anyone either? <laughs> Never learn, you know. Like a waitress will bring my meal. Hey, enjoy your meal. You too. You don't have one, do you? I'm a doofus! If you do eat, enjoy it when you eat it. If you have a break or something later, if you get an opportunity, that's all I'm trying to say. That's all that I'm driving at. Really.
0: Hello, welcome to comedy think tanked a podcast with leonard kimball and nick gordon two comedians who know how to take a drink and have a thought sit back get comfortable and enjoy now whether they're ready or not here's your host leonard and nick
1: hello and welcome to comedy think tanked podcast uh nick gordon and leonard kimball i'm leonard kimball how are you nick gordon
3: I am doing really, really, really just fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Really, really, really just fine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm doing adequately okay.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: we're getting by. We're getting by. What about you? Uh, I'm doing fine. Uh, I had a. I I, you might have might recall that I talked about my uh, intermittent fasting, and Mm -hmm. uh, things are going well. Uh, I had a staff person who, like, we've only really interacted via Zoom since since he was hired last fall. And so he sh- all he's ever seen of me is, like, my face, pretty much. <laughs> and he gave me something I think is a compliment. He said, um, you know, I- I've noticed that your face is less fat. Yeah, less fat. Less fat, <laughs> less fat, uh huh, less less fat. <laughs> I say like less fat. That's uh, a
3: that's a type of chicken. I think you get at the grocery store. <laughs> it's like you can get you can get ground turkey uh, for your tacos. That's fat, and then the, you can get the other kind that's less fat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> less fat. You got that's, the two percent face now. Uh. <laughs> so no no he actually was he was nice he actually said he, he noticed that my face was less was has actually gotten slimmer so he didn't that's, say less fat cool. yeah but i told him afterwards like in my joke book he said less fat so yeah. that's, <laughs> that's the way it's gonna come out on stage someday i
3: i i have uh, i have run into a couple of occasions where people have asked me are you are you trying to make a joke is this like a thing and <laughs> and, and, and i was like and then as soon as they say that i'm like you know what actually no <laughs> You know, I you know,
1: was but now not so much <laughs> that, that that goes back to like the conversa- conversation you'll have with people and they're like hey you can use that on your on your on your on your skit in your skit yeah. right why do not you <laughs> and i and i was i was go yeah i guess i guess i could sure i could, I could uh, but i'm not going to <laughs> i'm trying to be really nice why don't you use that on your skit on your comedy skit later okay i i i i I used to like correct people
3: and and say like this is this and this is that but now it's you know it's whatever who cares it's it's just us you know this is something we do for ourselves and and uh, the other people that enjoy this sort of thing the same as us um, on this level that we enjoy it and, yeah. you know, if we have friends and family and fans and this and that 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 uh, want to talk to us about it, whatever, whatever vocabulary they use is just fine.
1: Yeah. Just, just come to the show. Will you, will you come, come to our to shows? Show. Yeah. yeah. That's why we started the River Comics. So, yep. like uh like, you know, let's pro- let's produce an open mic. Now let's produce some shows. Now let's do some Zoom shows and like let's see what, you know, who we can book on shows. And we've had like lots of fun doing that. Um, it's 100%. Been, yeah. Yeah uh we've been what is it two no almost oh geez November of 2018 I think is when we started
3: yeah so we're working into our third year of uh we know, trying to produce stand-up comedy shows and open mics and you know help other people get my stage time obviously you know we started it so we could get ourselves more stage time and you know we've been able to do that accomplish that and You know, now we're in a situation where we're doing Zoom open mics and Zoom, you know, shows, but also we're starting to, you know, talk with people about doing stuff in person again, which is nice. And, you know, um, so, you know, for everyone who's listening, keep an eye out. Hopefully we have some shows that you can actually go and buy a beer at and get yourself out of the house and and watch a little bit of comedy, which will be great. And then uh, obviously we're going to keep doing some Zoom stuff and you know we'll keep uh, keep producing from that end but our guest today is uh, very prolific at that uh, he's been doing it i'm not sure how long he's been doing it quite honestly but it's it's been
1: i don't know 400 years
3: 400 years yeah he's at a least, little bit
1: older than i am uh,
3: at least since the the some of those uh, some of those days <laughs> i don't even know i was going to come up with some sort of weird reference to 400 years ago
1: but um i don't
3: have that knowledge in my brain
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> come on you like went to college and everything don't you know what was going on 400 years ago uh what's today
3: 2021
1: yes 400 um, years ago 400 years ago
3: i think uh, wasn't wasn't babe ruth setting a home run record or something
1: yeah i think so did he yeah like, and uh, he point did he did he point is that four hundred years ago was it baseball 400 years ago I, I don't know. Yesterday seems like 400 years ago. For <laughs> I feel like we're going down a rabbit hole where I'm going to start. You're going to start referring to hockey, and I'm going to glaze over. And I'm like, I don't know what what you're talking about with your puck, the puck ball stuff. And I just
3: hope you don't think Babe Ruth played hockey.
1: Oh, wasn't he a big guy? He, he, he would he have been like, a a
3: goalie. <laughs> go,
1: oh, not like an enforcer. I just he he's, oh, yeah. he just he just comes onto the ice just to start a fight.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a real thing. That was a real thing. Right. Not so much nowadays, but uh, that was a real thing. <laughs> and he probably would have been good at that. Who the hell knows?
1: Uh, he, didn't, he he doesn't even bring a stick. He doesn't even bring a stick onto the ice. He just he just gets he doesn't even have his gloves on already. He just gets onto the ice. He's got no gloves on. Just, he just he punches
3: just... a guy in the mouth and then <laughs> skates right to the penalty box and says. <laughs> He just goes across the ice, just like slap somebody in the face.
1: He's got a cooler. There where, cold. He's got a cooler already waiting in the in the penalty box with a beer in there. He's like, "I'm
3: cool, mm-hmm. I'm done." <laughs> lights lights a cigar and
1: says, "I like this game. I really enjoy this. This is fun." <laughs> <laughs> just puts food on the table. <laughs> <laughs> His five minutes are up. He just, he hops out and he just skates right back over to the bench. He's like, I'm, I'm done. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> just,
3: just back and forth. He doesn't even know that other parts of the ice exist. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, that's not a thing in hockey anymore. Oh, so no. oh, you actually good. have to pay attention to how, you know, anyway, that's, um that's a conversation, but Mark Turcotte, our guest today.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Did we get distracted?
3: I don't. I don't know. I don't know how we do that. We got to. Um, we should probably write some stuff down.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, people are going to start, you know, peeking no, behind the no. curtain to think we're no, not prepared.
3: No. no, we're very prepared. We're very yes. prepared to uh, have a ton of listeners at this point in the show go. I don't think I can do the rest. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, hopefully, our team of editors will edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> if if they are so inclined they, if they're they may, so inclined they may go forward but
1: anyway mark uh, Turcott. yeah mark
3: Turcott. <laughs> um uh, he's he's he is um he's he's one of our favorite people um here locally for uh for comedy and uh, you know uh we've had the the pleasure of working with him on uh, a regular basis we've had him on our shows with the river comics we've had him we've been on his shows uh, over the years now that we've been performing. Um, so, you know, he's, he's a great friend of comedy here in Maine and in throughout, you know, New England. And, and he's, he's performed all over, really. And, um, you know, just to give an example, uh, he's, he's, he's performed down in New York at the Gotham Comedy Club. Uh, he's done the uh, World Series of Comedy, which uh, took him all the way to Sarasota, Florida. Um, he's, he's performed at uh, Mohegan Sun, at a comedy festival uh, uh, competition there. He's been to the Boston Comedy Festival, the Cleveland Comedy Festival, the North Carolina Comedy Arts Festival, Salem Comedy Festival, Maine Comedy Festival. Um, and uh, he's been uh, on the Steve Katzo show. He's done the, uh, the night show with Danny Cashman. He's been on Free Beer yeah. and Hot Wings. He was a judge at Mrs. Maine International Pageant. I mean, come on, how much greater is Oh, that's right yeah that's awesome um, he's uh he, he's been a keynote speaker he's been uh he's even done a holiday party for international paper uh i don't know i don't know i mean how much bigger can he get so he's been on television like i said with with a couple of the night shows uh, 207 you've seen him there uh he's been on channel six um He's been in print. <laughs> he's, he's 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 been in uh, local newspapers and, and and magazines. He's been on the radio. He's a radio DJ as well. Um, you know, he's been on uh, some of our local rock and country stations. He even hosts his own. What's what's the uh, uh, name of the show now? Oh God.
1: Oh. Uh-oh. I feel,
3: I've, I feel bad. I feel bad, Mark. We W uh, I G Y w-i-g-y yeah he does uh, mornings for them uh the breakfast club um has on a lot of uh great uh comedians and, and local uh interest, interesting people from the local area and he runs main event comedy which is as we mentioned how we really get to know him um right. he uh, he's got shows currently running every f- saturday night at uh, craft brew underground in auburn maine and pre-pandemic he was all over the state uh, with different shows he's uh he's been up to uh Doolin's pub in litchfield and down to island dog brewery in south portland he's got a great venue in gardner uh, uh johnson hall johnson hall which is, yeah what, a, what yeah. a spot for comedy huh
1: i have yeah i have i've had one of my best sets ever was done at johnson hall that, that place is gorgeous it, yeah. it's it's a nice place and i hope we, we all
3: get to go back there again someday he he runs the bricks and bridges comedy festival in the lewiston auburn area uh which uh was postponed last year but it will make a comeback i'm sure and he's done three rounds or so uh, or, or three different uh, competitions of the tightest five and and uh you know oh. he's he just he promotes comedy he is comedy he lives and breathes comedy but uh, you know also uh, other stuff in his life that um, you know is, is very interesting he's a photographer and he, he's a he's a dad to two wonderful kids and he's a great husband and um, you know he's an all-around good guy and uh, we enjoyed uh, having a having a nice conversation with him
1: yeah for sure you can't, can't say enough about how much Mark has supported uh, you know a lot of comedians in the local area you know uh, m- me especially I, I really appreciate the 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 guidance and the the friendly ribbing he's given me over the years (laughs) uh yes not not just supporting me on stage but supporting the the river comics and supporting uh you know comedy in the in the main area and he's really trying hard to be one of the one of the people in the area that that gets things back up and running you know once the this pandemic is over absolutely Uh,
3: so it's been great it has been for sure and it was mm-hmm. it was great talking to him and it's always good to see him and and work with him so i think oh. with that said um here's mark Turcott. thanks everyone
1: hey it's mark Turcott. with no sound <laughs> i got you can you hear me oh yeah we got yeah. you all right. Good.
3: Is that an old Portland Pirates jersey behind you?
2: It sure is, buddy. Oh man, dude! It's signed by the entire team, the champion, what? the Calder Cup champion team.
3: Yeah, I will. I will give you. Uh,
1: it's pretty sweet.
3: It's pretty sweet. What do What yeah. do you want in exchange
1: for that? actually. Nick's <laughs> like <laughs> I'm pretty attached to my current kids, but you have any <laughs> future. You got any future kids?
3: Oh, it's got the rich aluminum logo on it, and oh man,
2: Mark, yeah, that
3: that is fucking awesome.
2: Yeah, Sherry and I used to be season ticket holders. I got uh, yeah, Stefan Ustorf, oh, Jeff man. Nelson, Todd Nelson, Steve Pops. That's so
3: that's really sweet. I want that in when you die. I want. You to eat that. <laughs> All right, it's I a deal. No, nothing, nothing else for me. I don't want any more spots the rest of my life.
2: Oh, damn, I, I had you on a good show with Zenobia and Casey
1: Crawford too. I know,
3: but I'll give it up for the jersey.
1: Right. We got an official record now. That that jersey belongs to Nick. And, right. and oh fuck, we're recording. Oh, you're recording? Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, that's pretty sweet. So, so you, you. Now I'm on the hook. You were uh, <laughs> you were a season ticket holder back in in, in uh, the Portland Pirates back in ninety three ninety four then. Yes. Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah. The year. Yeah, I think that did they win the Calder Cup their first year? Yeah. Second. Yeah. It was the first. Yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah, I was, uh, uh, yeah. I distinctly remember it because the year before the University of Maine had won uh, the national championship, and I was like. I was like twelve years old, so I was right in that wheelhouse of like very, very easily influenced by things that were exciting. Yeah, hockey for like two years straight was, you know, was the it was the uh, uh, the main Black Bears and then Portland Pirates in back to back years. I was just like, this is amazing. Twelve, thirteen years old, and and our local yeah. teams are are winning yeah. championships.
2: So. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Our, we had seats uh, two rows behind the goal. Nice. Yeah, from the two rows from the floor. Was, <sighs> yeah
3: good old days of
2: good fun. times
3: good time we
2: actually sherry rescheduled our uh, wedding rehearsal dinner so we could go to a game <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah yeah she was she was hardcore back in the day
3: that's when you knew she was a keeper right there <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> yeah. she's
2: the one no nope yep. doubt
3: Actually, uh we're we're speaking of sports, we're recording on uh on Super Bowl Sunday. I hate to put a timestamp on it, but it yeah. is Super Bowl Sunday. Tom Brady's going to what, his 37th Super Bowl, something yeah. like that.
2: <laughs> and he's uh, <laughs> he's about to lose the most Super Bowls ever. <laughs> by a quarterback.
3: Is that so so you got you got the Chiefs in this game? Is that is that your I hope so, pick?
2: man. I, I just want I want Patrick Mahomes just to leave Tom Brady in the dust. I want Patrick Mahomes to win 13 Super Bowls and lose yeah. none. Yeah. he's
3: really good he, he yeah. could he could do it he could do it I don't, he's I don't... gonna
2: get hurt you know he's gonna get hurt he's gonna have a career-ending injury and then yeah
3: you know. on tv he looks small i don't I, right. in real life i'm sure he's a giant just like the rest of them but on tv he does look small yeah you know, I, I always worry about that with really good players especially young guys you know when now it doesn't matter the sport it's like right oh, man please don't get hurt please don't get hurt please yeah you know we just saw dustin Petroya um retire and that was always the thing. It's like, oh man, how many more years can he play when he's like five foot two? It's,
1: yeah. So
2: I have, I just found out. I read uh, an article in the Boston Globe. And Dustin Pedroya's final game in professional baseball was May 24th at Hadlock Field. I had a media pass oh. for that. And the, I got a photo of Dustin in his final chance, like in the Ooh. field. Uh-huh. As a, that, that one I posted on Facebook.
3: Yeah. Okay. Uh, that yes. was
2: his final chance. As a defensive player, as a professional baseball player,
3: you're going to sell that to uh, what you go to the Getty images and
2: no, I'm going to keep it. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you with my Portland
3: fire. <laughs> <after> I die <laughs> many, many, many years from now.
1: <laughs> Unless Nick well, sneaks into your home late at night. Oh, again, <laughs> Jesus. No,
3: I am not coming to Lewiston for anything. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> You're so much better than us now being in bath, being
3: in bath. I tell you what <laughs> over here by the, crazy. by the ocean.
2: I'm surprised you still associate with us Lewiston Auburn people.
3: You're my only friends. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to all my other friends out there. So Mark, Mark Turcott is with us. Um, thank you, Mark, for, for coming on.
2: Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be the first guest <laughs> on the Think Tank <laughs> podcast. I, I am honored to be in your debut episode, <laughs> and as the first guest, I think I, I immediately become an answer to a trivia question. So, uh, oh, this is great. I, I appreciate the both of you thinking of me first to have have uh, have me on as your first guest on this podcast. Well, you All are. Right,
3: that's been Mark Turko. We're yeah. ready to- <laughs>
1: <laughs> If we make this interview short, then I can I can edit it really quickly, and then maybe we'll be the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we got
3: lost the cover. We got lost the cover.
1: Yes, um, uh, we should start with me being the first guest.
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> you were the first guest of Sunday, in, on yeah, you know, on Super Bowl Sunday. There's uh-huh. there's a the trivia. Oh, I'm a little hurt. No, no, no. no, no. no. We, we're, we're gonna. I, I should little... I
3: show
2: you a screenshot of Nick Gordon's message to me where he said <laughs> we wanted you first. Jeez, first,
3: go back and look.
1: Yeah. <laughs> these these first three episodes, everyone's going to everyone's going to be every uh, interviewee is going to comment on like, oh, is, am I your first interview? Yeah. Am I your first interview?
2: So I was so honored. I'm like, <laughs> they thought of me first. And this means the world
1: to me. He There's really no is. way that they would think of having anyone else on. Don't don't blame Nick. It was the, some associate producer got that text <laughs> out to you. Oh, OK. Yeah. We're going to somebody.
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Someone's getting canned right <laughs> quick. Mark, do you think you could have gone pro in any sport?
2: Do I think I could have gone pro? Yeah. Um, no, well, no, the best sport I was, at. I, 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 my best sport was running. Oh, geez. Uh, but I, I did play everything growing up. I was best at football. Yeah. I, uh, I played, I never played high school sports, but I played everything up until high school. Uh, I, I I started in high school with, with the wrong crowd. Uh, uh, we, we moved so... to Maine and a week <laughs> after we moved to Maine, I was a freshman at Lewiston High. Mm. So I missed everything. You know, I didn't have mm. that natural progression of playing in middle school and then on to high school. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, but I, I played as a youth. I uh, Baseball and football were my sports. Uh, but then I got into running and I I, uh, I did well and running i i I saw great great improvements i was dedicated and uh i ended up doing a marathon did a couple half marathons and yeah learned a lot learned a lot about how to pace myself and uh yeah so i think if i were to excel in any sport it would be running
3: and and does that translate into comedy for you yeah i think
2: i think it does because uh, running is a solo sport
3: right
2: just like comedy And it all depends. And and I think what I learned about running is I I became 100 percent dependent on myself because I hung out with other people that were obviously better than me when I started and they didn't seem to be having any fun. Mm -hmm. They were always like, oh, I got to train. I got to eat this. I got to go to bed at this time. I got to beat my my personal record and all that. And I'm like, don't don't you have a day job? Don't you work 40 hours a week or 50 hours a week? And then you come out and you do this on the weekends and you get stressed out about it. So I stopped hanging out with those people and I hung out with people who were just in it for, for the fun of it.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
2: okay. um, but that did translate into getting better. I just, uh, I just wasn't interested in uh, any kind of regimented training that they were into,
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, especially with the marathon. I was not interested in any marathon training and that's why it almost killed me.
3: I can imagine. Yeah. I can't even, I mean, I have, I could run around the block here. It's probably a mile around the block. So, to speak. Yeah. and uh, I, I don't even want to go do that. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone. But, train.
2: Yeah. I, I think it's uh, and like you said, with comedy, I think it's the same thing as comedy. It's all about how you approach it and who you hang out with and how good you want to get. Um, right. I've always been, ever since I started, I've always been pretty much uh, an independent performer and producer. I don't, I don't depend on anyone else. Uh, I, you know, um, I've never really reached out for advice from anyone, although it's been offered to me on a, a number of occasions, uh, but I, uh, <laughs> I've always, I've always been the guy to to sit in the back of the room and, and go, I would do this different. I would do that different. And, and then go and, and, and do it that way
3: and um, rather than discuss with other people you just went and you did it your yeah way.
2: because Making once worse. I have an idea in my head of how I want to do it, it um, it's pretty tough to change my mind yeah, uh, yeah. I, I've always I've always been like that
1: and, um, and then you have no one to answer to but yourself so like true if, if, if something hurtful. goes wrong or like I think I want to change something it was like oh well you know, you don't have to talk to like your board of directors about you know how to I get things done yeah for better or worse. All right. uh, that yeah, that can work both ways. I, I found. Right.
2: Um, you know, I mean, having having other people to bounce ideas off of and, and to write with, is great. I've never had that. You know, I've never sought it out either. Um, but like what you guys do, you you guys when you're you write every week, right? You meet on Zoom. Yeah. You write pretty every pretty week. pretty damn near. Right when now. you produce shows, you talk about it. You share ideas, and then you produce the best show you can. Uh, yeah. I think there are advantages to that. It's just not, not anything that, uh, that I pursued.
3: Is it not in your personality to do that
2: or is it just. It, uh, most can... likely. Yeah. I yeah. think, I think that's pretty much a hundred percent of it. Um, yeah. Just like uh, with comedy. I think most of us get into comedy because we saw somebody do it and and we went, Oh, I can do that just as good, <laughs> if not better than that person. Uh-huh. Right.
3: And then we got into it and we realized,
2: oh, and then we get into it and realized, realize, <laughs> damn. Oh, wait a minute, there's, there's
1: some work to this.
2: I shouldn't have. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have watched Dave Chappelle.
1: <laughs> this isn't just me having, having lunch with co-workers I'm making them laugh. Like, oh, I can um, actually write. And yeah. Look at this. Okay.
3: <laughs> how many, how long ago did you start? Uh, I started
2: uh, in 2012 okay. when I was 42. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I've always wanted to do it. But, um, you know, uh, I never knew how to get started. And then life gets in the way full time jobs and marriage and kids and all that. And and you just have other priorities in life. And then my kids got older. And I was like, well, now I can. Let's let's try it. Let's try it out and see what happens.
3: Do you remember your first set? Do you remember
2: I do. Yeah, it was uh, the workshop graduate. I took Tim Ferrell's course. Ah, okay. And it was my my workshop graduation and um, it went it went very well. And then I started doing open mics every Thursday at Sloncha in Portland, which I was just talking to Don Hartell about this off the, when I interviewed her on the radio. Sloncha was I think I think anyone who did the weekly open mic at Slancha became a better comedian. Like if they did it regularly because mm-hmm. Slauncha was a Slantra gave you tough love. They okay. gave you 30 seconds to a minute. Um, oh, the audience wow. did not, not, not your time wow. on stage. You got oh, like five, okay. five, seven minutes or whatever. I'm talking about the audience. I should have specified the audience would give you 30 seconds to a minute to get them. And oh, wow. if you, if they decided you weren't funny, would just they wouldn't heckle they wouldn't you know throw things they just go about their business they start talking again or they turn to the bar or
1: whatever
2: (laughs) and Um, that made you a better comic you know if i if i'm going to slaughter you have to have a plan going into an open mic like that you can't go up i'm just going to wing it otherwise uh, it's going to be a bad night but um i haven't seen or performed in an open mic like that since and I I think that's what's missing from comedy now is tough love.
3: Here locally, I, yeah. well,
2: locally, absolutely, and I th- I wish we had more of it, um, because I think for me, anyways, that was a driving force for me to get better. I got better every week by going to Slancha because I knew if I went there unprepared or without a plan, it was going to be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> Right. And now, a waste in uh, a waste of a trip to Portland uh, and, now
1: was, <laughs> it, was this just the audience giving you the, the tough love or were the comedians also uh, pretty much artists? the audience the okay. comics
2: were in the same boat you know sure. they were supportive but they're not going to laugh at stuff then they're, they're not gonna laugh just to support you uh-huh. uh, they're gonna laugh if it's funny um, but the audience I, I think um, yeah it was just a, it was a very um, it was a great environment grow up in as a, as a standup, even though I was obviously uh, uh, 42 years old at the time. Mm. Um, Yeah, it it was, and I think anyone would tell you that I know Brian Briniger ran it for a while. Paul Hunt was running it um, when I was doing it, he was hosting and it it was pretty much the same crew every week. And we had, you know, a couple, a couple new faces here and there. But when I look back at when I started at comedy, uh, that was it like the cilantro open mic, I don't know how long it lasted. It's probably probably six or eight months. And then they ended up closing.
3: I remember hearing when I first started, I remember hearing a lot about it being so good and whatever, yeah. you know, I was at mama's crowbar a lot and Yeah, and, yep. and people always talked about how great that was in comparison yep. to how
2: bad they thought, you know, yeah. <laughs> I thought I've only done mama's a uh, couple times and the the times that I did do it, it was like 90 percent comics. I don't know mm-hmm. if that ever changed, but Sláinte, we had, it, it, from what I remember, we we had an audience there, yep. but they were just, um, they were like, what do you got? If we don't like it, we're going to start talking again and looking at our phones <laughs> and talking to the bartender.
3: I'm sure there was a lot of people who uh, called it quits. Uh, yeah. Four nights of that. Yeah. You persevered. Do you think your age had anything to do with your perseverance there?
2: Probably. Like- yeah. I think maturity had something to do with it. Right. Um, plus, I going uh, my experience in the workshop. We had 16 people in my workshop. Yep. Um, and I think Mike Levinsky and myself are the only ones that are still doing it. Uh, my sister also took it and she, you know, she doesn't pursue comedy, but she does. Uh, she does some of my shows here and there. Um, right. But yeah, Mike Levin, out of those 16 people, it's just me and Mike that continued. And I, um, I definitely noticed a difference in that workshop where I'm like, um, um, I, my writing was pretty decent and I needed to work on my performance and my confidence. Yeah. But yeah. beyond that, I'm like, I think I, I can do this. You know, I never I never thought that I was going to quit. I never even considered quitting comedy, even like the worst open mics, uh, the worst shows um, th- that thought never crossed my mind. I always had I always had uh, pretty good confidence going in because I always had confidence in my writing. And I said, if my if my performance can catch up to my writing, I think I'm going to be
1: OK. Right. I'm, I'm oh. still still hoping to so uh, I, to make pretty, that, that marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's pretty interesting because I, I was I was thinking about uh, like when is the point where you just you sort of decide yeah i'm gonna stick with this but that, that sounds like that was pretty early on for you when i i knew
2: i was gonna stick with it the first class in the workshop when tim farrell he had us all in a circle and he's going around he's like all right just tell me who your favorite comedian is and tell me something about him or whatever and i'm like this, I've been waiting for this my entire life, just people who love comedy and wanna talk about comedy and and just have it in their blood. Um, and I knew like every week after that was just gonna be awesome and and I was gonna get better. And yeah, I, I never had any doubt. Like after that first week, I, I just, I fell in love with that process. Uh, and, and then we started writing and you realize how difficult it is. And then you're telling the same jokes to the same people every week. Um, and some people either it's, it's, It's easy to bow out of that situation where you're like, these these guys have heard all my jokes. They don't want to hear them again. Or you can pretend they're a brand new audience and you can just fine tune and hone your inflections or your presence on stage or or your your mannerisms. You know, you can use that time rather than just going up. And that's what drives me nuts about about some people who see familiar faces in the audience. They're like, they've already heard my stuff. They're going to be sick of it. They're not going to laugh rather than using that time to get better. Yeah, right, on stage, because yeah. to me, st- when you're on stage, that time is precious and people is... who, who disrespect that um, or, you know, treat it like it's not a big deal just drives me nuts at times. I've and been told really I'm pretty, yeah, 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 I've been told I'm pretty fun to watch at shows because you, know, you guys know, I mean, I've told you a yeah. million times stuff that drives me nuts about comics and, and I'm sure I do things that drive other people nuts, but <laughs> uh, it's just because I love it so much. And I, I, I just wish people, um, you know, just, you just want everybody to respect it more.
1: Yeah, I've I've been at shows of yours where I've leaned over to someone at my table and I go like Mark, Mark hates that. Mark (laughs) Yeah. That that thing that that thing you just did. Oh yeah, Yeah. Mark, Mark hates that. (laughs) That's not when I I
3: I wasn't on stage, was I at that time? No, 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 no. No, absolutely
1: not.
2: No. (laughs) And I I catch myself doing some of the things I hate too, which is why uh you know you, you can't um you can't be that hard on people when, when you do it yourself. Right. Uh, and you, yeah, you just try to. It,
3: it, it, it's funny though, thing. when, when you do that, right. Because you, you, you feel yourself doing it, you do it, you're like, no, stop it. And and then you just keep doing it. And then yeah. afterwards, but having that ability to to self-reflect and to, and to self edit in the moment and afterwards. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I did it like two weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I hated my, like on stage. I'm like, you idiot. Why would you? <laughs> you go and do that.
3: the crowd is going nuts, but at the same time yeah, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I so but I, I
2: think you guys probably would agree that it's the most disrespected art form out there. I don't think it's even yeah. close. You
3: know? as as we're trying to to book things going into you know this hopefully the latter stages of the pandemic, you know, we're we're trying to set some some ground rules for places that we're going to book, and, yeah. and people are just basically ignoring the fact that we want to do X, Y, or Z, and yeah. uh, you know it's it's very very frustrating. It's yeah. not, but you know if you're a musician who just gets up and plays the guitar, they're like, oh come on down, no problem, any yep. night of the week. You know? so, yep. What's the
2: but that's yeah, and, and a lot of times you guys run into this too, producing shows. People don't understand how comedy works. All they all they care about is putting butts in the seats and selling chicken wings and selling beer. That's that's all a lot of venue owners care about, which is um, when you get that venue owner who gets it and right. they're like, okay in order to have a successful show we're gonna do this and this and this for you, and then people are gonna come back rather right. than having that nightmare first show it's like well we you know we got fifty people in here and yeah, they were loud, but I thought you guys could handle that you know uh, I mean I know <laughs> I know the servers were coming up and and uh, you know asking tables uh, if they wanted more <laughs> More chicken tenders during your punchline, but we're, that's we're, not our we're, problem.
3: We're talking about at least six venues that I can think of off the top of my yeah, minute.
2: yeah, yeah. One of them um, rhymes with House of Bacon, I think. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was something. That was something. Well, <laughs> let's let's take a step back then and talk about main event comedy, yeah, uh, because uh, that is your baby, and and I I guess I maybe we we know, but I don't know um, if if and when. Uh, Uh, that was actually born Uh, do you remember
2: yeah the main event comedy was born in march of 2015 uh, out of necessity pretty Mm -hmm. much because i i was i was getting pretty good at losing money uh, (laughs) on shows and you know just comedy in general and i'm like well every you know i i started I started producing shows a week after my first performance. I started that comedy fix series. I don't know if you might remember it, Nick. I don't, I don't even think Leonard was in comedy then. Yeah. But it was at the fireside Inn. Yep. and the first show I did uh, the comedy fix series was all fundraisers. Uh, we used to give 100% of the money to the charity. So the comics didn't get paid. I didn't get anything. And, you know, all the money went to the charity, which was great. It was a great way to start. It's great. Way. I learned so much producing shows uh, about producing shows with that series. First show, we crammed in 200 people at the Fireside Inn. And it was like a two-hour-plus show, and uh, when I say crammed in, I mean crammed in. They were there were no tables, just stairs, uh, chairs, you know, side by side by side, and and people just jammed in like sardines. And then I'm like, well, this, I mean, it's great to have that many people, but I I bet they'd like to be more comfortable at the next (laughs) one. (laughs) So we, nobody can breathe,
3: right? Yeah,
2: but it it was great, and we sacrificed uh, 75 tickets. For the comfort of the audience, and we put tables and chairs in. It looked like a nightclub. It, it was a great venue, mm. probably one of the best venues I, I think in the in the Twin Cities. And we I ran shows there for like three years, really successful. We had I I mean I ran shows monthly there for three years, and I think we probably had a handful that didn't sell out. So we had 125 people at least at, at every uh, at every show, and we raised thousands upon thousands of dollars for charities, um, Humane Society, the Dempsey Center. Good Shepherd Food Bank, uh, who else? NAMI, Maine, the, the mental uh, mental health organization in Maine. So yeah, we had a bunch of beneficiaries, raised a bunch of money. And then, then I realized like, well, everybody else is running shows for profit. Why can't I? <laughs> so that, that's what uh, main event comedy became. And now um, I'm, I'm still trying to make a profit. <laughs> <after five years. laughs> but I think, yeah, fundraising shows were, were a great way to start. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because there's, you know, um, everybody wins in that case, you know, uh, and then I started I did start paying the comics. I felt guilty. Uh, so I think it was like 20, 25 bucks a spot for the comics. But I mean, the room was so great and it was full every month and word spread. And then everybody, you know, Boston Comics and New Hampshire Comics wanted to come and perform. So absolutely. And then I met I, I met so many comedians through that series. Uh, it was it was a really good start i think if i would have started with um with for-profit shows it probably wouldn't have gone as well right it been a... i really didn't know what i was doing yeah. you know but it was it was a learning process
3: but it worked out perfectly for you because you've got contacts near and far and, yeah uh, you've been managing, yeah mainly booked some pretty good venues since and and some pretty good comics um Big names. just about a year ago right we went up to rumford and Got to watch gilbert garfrey
2: yes yeah yeah i met a lot of a lot of great comics through um festivals and contests too and i i don't want to understate that because those are uh those are i think very valuable resources um whether or not you think you're ready submit and if you get in uh if you go into it with the right mindset you're gonna have a good time you're gonna meet some great people and you get to see Mm -hmm. some great shows too absolutely yeah i remember the boston uh, I, i'm sorry go ahead
3: no i was gonna say you 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 were at the boston comedy festival i, I, lo- I had to look this up because i wasn't sure of all these different ones but cleveland yeah. north carolina salem yeah. comedy Maine comedy you know yeah um it's it's pretty impressive list in in uh, a relatively short period of time
2: i mean yeah i uh, have uh i have the comedy studio in cambridge to thank and rick jenkins to thank for the festivals i got into um Because Rick has a process when you apply to uh, perform at the comedy studio, if you've never been there before, you have to attend three shows Mm -hmm. as a guest, as an audience member. And then I think you send him a clip or something and he decides whether or not you're going to get in. And I just told him, I'm like, dude, I, I work full time. I got two kids. I can't like here's a video. You like it or not, and we'll, you know we'll go our our merry way after that. And he ended up he ended up giving me a spot on a Sunday show at the comedy studio, and I did I did well. And then he gave me a Friday night spot like a couple months after that. And that mm. Friday night at the comedy studio was like that venue is just tremendous we had like 90 people in there They're like people are lining the walls it was just standing room only and i had one of the best sets of my life and the beauty of the comedy studio is after your set they give you a dvd of it ah, so oh, i gosh. used that dvd and i sent it to you know just about every festival i i, I wanted to do and it it worked out very well for me
3: that's great oh, that's fantastic. really great that's something that's something we need to do as as stand-ups
2: yeah
3: uh, Leonard and I, we're trying now to get clips of ourselves, but um, that's quite the process of recording each other. and <laughs> Yeah. Uploading well,
2: what I love about it too, and what I would recommend to anybody is if you want to see where you are in comedy, it's tough now, but when things get back to normal, get out of your state, yep. get out of Maine, go do a festival, do a competition. And that's, I, I think that's going to give you a very, very accurate barometer of where you are in comedy. Because right. you know, staying in your your home state, doing the same venues in front of uh, you know uh, half the crowd that, that has seen you before, and the other half may be new. Um, I don't think it's uh, it, it, it's fun a lot of times, but it's not going to give you a really good gauge of how you how you stack up against other comics.
3: That's okay. good advice. Yeah, that's real good advice. Uh, you did a competition. I remember you telling me a story about you doing a competition. Was it in Florida? Did you do a competition? Yeah. In- go down yeah, twice maybe
2: that, yeah sure. that well that was the world series of comedy in florida right. and that was probably the best comedy experience i've had in my life outside of the comedy studio um i, I just uh, i wanted to do the world series of comedy has shows all over the country and uh, people submit and then they they assign you to a show uh you can't submit for the ones you want to do i wanted to do laugh boston obviously because it's closer to home the right. only one available was sarasota florida <laughs> and so i sent i sent them my video and they uh they had three people critique my video a couple of them didn't really like it and they said well we're not going to uh, we're not going to put you in this contest but keep trying send us another, another video and we'll see about next year or whatever and then they had a couple of people drop out and i was i guess i was pretty high on on the list as far as alternates so then they they and they gave me a spot in Sarasota, and I was like, okay, cool. So I booked a hotel for one night, the, the night that I was that I was scheduled to perform. Uh, we went to um, McCurdy's Comedy Theater in Sarasota, Florida. Uh, sold out show of three hundred. I was going up against it was me and 11 other comics two would advance and the other comics were from you know detroit and la and seattle and all that i'm looking at this lineup and then there's lewiston (laughs) (laughs) where where the hell's lewiston um so i went up in the middle uh i I think i went up fifth or sixth and had did they gave us seven minutes and i had i had a, a a really good set. I was very happy with it. Um, I saw everybody before me and I saw everybody after me. And I'm like, even if I don't advance, I'm happy with what happened here tonight. You know? Yeah, right. So then uh then Joe Bowers, who runs the World Series of Comedy, goes up and he goes, Okay, your two your two comics advancing tonight. And he said my name and I, I just about shit uh and then then, uh yeah so i I go up and shake his hand i'm just looking at that crowd of 300 going jesus christ And, and uh yeah so it was and then i i had like a quarter mile uh walk back to my hotel room after that show and i have no problem telling you guys that i cried the entire way Wow! Not ugly crying, just no, no. lip quivering. Um, yeah, that's can't, how happy I was. Can't believe, um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic! That's
2: awesome. Yeah. Uh, so then I made it to the semifinals, and that was two nights away. So I I made it out of out of was it thirty six comedians uh, throughout that that competition. I made it to the final six. Wow! Um, and then I. Uh, I came in I, I think i missed a trip to vegas by one con- i came in fourth out of out of the six so the top three got to go to vegas and i came in fourth okay.
3: you still could have gone to vegas just not <laughs> i could have oh i totally could have and
2: just yeah, you're, yeah. Allowed you're allowed yeah. there yeah <laughs> 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 yeah and i, I kind of screwed myself uh because the the three comics that went before me like destroyed and that they were great and all that. And in my head, I'm thinking, Oh my God, I, I got to change my set. I I got to, uh, I, I got to speed things up. I got to cram as many jokes as I can. And, and that, that just, I sabotaged myself and I promised mm-hmm. my, like after that, like, I, I'm never going to allow that to happen again. Um, so yeah, that was still, still the, the, yeah. One of the best experiences I've ever had uh comedy related and, and a big part of that too was because it was away from home. Right. You know,
3: Um, everyone wanted to see oh what can lewiston maine do exactly yeah
2: so i and one of my one of my favorite memories from that um a guy named Corey out of seattle i can't remember his last name but i did my i did my set in the semifinals, and i came backstage and he had already gone and he he saw my set and he goes where'd you say you were from and i said lewiston maine he goes you got to get the fuck out of lewiston maine (laughs) (laughs) i mean that was cool you know um, um
1: No, that, that's a compliment. That's, that counts as a compliment, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> at least in the comedy world. <laughs> <laughs> and then it
3: was it was after that, right? That you uh, you got to perform in New York City at the Gotham uh, yes. Comic Club.
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that was through something you guys are familiar with—is Comedy Wire.
3: Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Back, okay. I, I was on Comedy Wire when they first launched and um, writing jokes. Every day, writing one-liner jokes every day. You know, multiple. Just like you guys. Hey, I don't know. Do you guys still do that? On uh... we
1: haven't not been not as much for
2: a while. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I used to be on that site. Like, I I'd get on in the morning, have my coffee, and just start writing uh, jokes. And then they had a uh, they had some contests going on, and they were starting to make a name for themselves. They're based in New York City. Uh, they they have an affiliation with Gotham Comedy Club and the owner there, and uh, they had a contest. They had a joke writing contest. And I can't remember exactly how it worked, but they took some of the best jokes from you know that week or that month or whatever, whoever got the most votes and what they considered to be the best jokes. And they came up with uh, like, I think 10 people. And those 10 people got to submit a video to the uh, manager or the owner of Gotham Comedy Club. So I did, and I came in the top three. So we got a spot on Gotham Comedy Live. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And Mm -hmm. when I was when i was booked to do my spot on gotham comedy live access tv uh the the contract they had with access tv expired and they did not renew <laughs> oh. so i never got to do gotham comedy live but i did get to go to gotham comedy mm-hmm. club and, mm-hmm. and do like 15 minutes
1: there
3: yeah i think comedy wire still does well they did pre-pandemic open mics for for comedy wire participants and uh and i was i was invited to do the their I think it's called Write Label Now, but, you know, they're, they're pro-writer thing. Yeah. You uh, can actually make money writing commercials and whatnot. I, I, yeah. I got to do that for a little while. And it's still out there. I could, I could, but, um, and of course, the open mic for them is pretty well shut down. Yeah. Um, so there's not a lot of opportunities, but I haven't been on that website in a long time. It's, you know. But...
2: I, yeah, I, I used to love it. Uh, it, was, it, was, it encourages you to keep yeah. writing, you know, because there's new content every day. It's like, here's a headline. Comedy Wire is a great motivator. To keep writing every day because instead of you know sitting down with a blank piece of paper or a blank monitor um you had prompts you had right. you know they'd provide the headlines and you just write your jokes from there um but yeah that that also gave me like some quick one-liners to start shows with because i host so many shows you want to get those quick laughs so right.
1: i used a lot of those jokes just to get quick laughs with and, and you can do topical things to open up shows yep. yeah yeah All right. Excellent. Okay.
3: You you usually do host your, your shows through main event comedy. Um, uh, It seems like almost exclusively. Um, What about you actually performing? Like, I mean, I know we've booked you to close out some of our shows, but you know, are you look actively looking, I mean, obviously everything we have to say is couched in COVID-19 terms, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, are you actively looking to headline shows going forward in the future and, you know, be,
2: I'm not actively looking to headline shows. If people want me to headline shows, I'm more than happy to. Um, I, uh, you know, (laughs) one of my uh, (laughs) something that makes me laugh all the time is like people that that don't know me very well or they only know me through me hosting main event comedy shows and then they'll be on a show with me where i'm doing a half hour to 40 minutes and they're like i thought you only did five minutes <laughs> i thought you only had five minutes because uh, they had they've never seen me out of the hosting role um but i think i think i think you guys would agree hosting makes you a better comedian
3: oh 100 yeah. yeah. percent
2: i don't think there's any argument against that because yeah. the host is the one that goes up to a cold crowd and right has to get them, has to get them laughing. And then you have the comic after you that takes the bullet. <laughs> right? The guy who has the hard, the hard job.
1: <laughs> the
3: first comedian of the, <laughs> the night. The first comedian yeah. of
1: the night who takes the bullet. You're like, no, god damn it, I'm the <laughs> <laughs> that,
3: that, what what is it about taking the bullet that you can't stand that that term? Like I I've 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 adopted that myself, and anytime anyone says it, I cringe and think of you. but Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, what, what about it? That well, you know, the term
2: "taking the bullet" um, it, it makes that comedian seem like he's he's taking one for the team. It's like, all right, I'll go up to the cold crowd and I'll get them going, and everybody behind me, you ride my wave. <laughs> Never mind the host that just did ten minutes and got the crowd rolling. Right. You know? Forget about that, that that guy or girl.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. yeah.
1: It's the fact also that we put you up
3: first, anyways, because you're not very good.
1: And... <laughs> <laughs> it's also a nice excuse for like, oh, I just didn't do very well. It was because I was first. It was because right. Was it's first. because yeah. I had
2: to take that bullet for you guys. Yeah, I mean, that's why I... the second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh comedians did great. It's because of me. It
3: sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> why does your show have so many comedians on it? <laughs> They all showed up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they all showed up, and I owe them.
3: They're they're also the audience. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what,
3: what's your what's your favorite venue so far that you've you've uh, established and, and booked in, uh,
2: in um, area? My my favorite one of my favorites right now is CBU. I just I I love that room. I, I've loved that room ever since I first saw it. I think it's perfect for comedy. And uh, I love what they're doing right now to deal with COVID. You know, I think Mike yeah. has done a great job setting up the tables and getting approval from the state uh, to, to, um, to have shows back there. And, and it's just where in a time where you have major cities that don't have comedy shows, right. you have Auburn, Maine that is, is making it work you know, on
3: a weekly basis
2: on a weekly basis. Yeah. Uh, the fireside I think was another one that was just absolutely perfect. Uh, and a much larger venue than CBU. We, like I said, we fit 125 in there. The bar was tucked away in the back of the room. We had a great green room behind closed doors in in the back and it was huge and comics could hang out and, and talk at a normal volume without disrupting the show. Um, that was awesome. Um, uh, Gotham obviously is just, incredible those purpose-built comedy venues i mean you gotta work pretty hard to fuck them up if you're <laughs> you know it's just, just like just like mccurdy's you know fit 300 people in there and it's just everything is just top notch
3: nice. uh have, did you ever get a chance to perform at the comedy connection in portland
2: yes once what no twice yeah twice. And, and then it shut down um uh, but that was i was brand new and one of the guys that did a workshop with uh cornelius Tyson, I think, uh, we did we did um, a showcase and George Ham was hosting. Mm-hmm. And I remember Cornelius had a great joke. Uh, I, he had to follow George Ham. <laughs> he, goes, he goes up to the mic, he goes, he goes, I'm not even a comedian. I just wanted to see George Ham for free.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: thank
3: you. Good night.
2: Uh, yeah. So, I, And I remember Jordan. Jordan Handron CV was hosting that show, and I went up second or third, and I did my set. And then a couple of comics went after me. And then George Ham shows up in the back of the room, and he's like, "Hey, Jordan, can I do a set?" And George ends up doing like you know a half hour, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> and just annihilates, of just sets the room on fire. And then it's like, ladies and gentlemen, Cornelius Tyson, who's been in comedy, he's been doing comedy for like three hours. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Give it up for this poor bastard. That's right. yeah. <laughs> uh, d- uh, did you ever work with George uh, when he was still active?
2: Yes. Uh, I booked George for a couple of shows. He did the fireside and I worked with George. Uh, we did a show with Dave Russo in Wyndham, which was just phenomenal. Um, yeah, probably a handful of shows. And I, I did some radio with George as well. We, we did back in the day we were on uh, Frank FM and the Wolf and all that to promote shows
3: he's somebody i'd love to have uh, oh my god george is
2: effortlessly funny um and that's that's probably not fair to say because i know he does put work into it but just just an incredibly funny uh human being
3: his his stage presence i I remember seeing him several times and yeah uh, it was just it was i mean one of one of the reasons one of the many reasons why i said i have to try to do this someday yeah just to see if i can get up just a you know uh, uh an ounce of that you know just one right. like percent of that you know ability.
2: yeah and his his crowd work is just flawless you know he'll 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 pick on a, a couple of people give them nicknames get their backstory do 20 minutes worth of jokes and then go back to them and work them into his jokes and it's just it's like watching a magic trick yeah. uh when george is on stage he's he's yeah. definitely one of the best not in maine but i think in the country George is so- one of the best i've ever seen
3: so in maine we arguably you know bob marley is probably one of our best um comedians you've got a chance to open up for him yeah several times yeah Uh, talk about that i mean
2: yeah opening for bob is is fun i mean bob has such a great following that when i get a text from from his manager it's like it's like saying hey mark do you want to get paid pretty decent to perform in, in, in a beautiful theater in front of a, a sold-out room? And, and it's like, no, I'm sorry, I'm just not into that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like opening for Bob is like you know a Christmas morning happening at night. It's just it, it's it's incredible. Uh, he's got such a great following. What I love about opening for Bob is although his, his you know everybody's there to see him, but they're respectful to the opener, which doesn't always happen. You know so. Uh, I I go up and uh, I do my 20 or 25 or whatever, and uh, his manager must be texting Bob uh, when I'm doing my closer or when I'm close to completing my set, because I'll always see the doors open in the back of the room and Bob walk in, you know, Mm -hmm. getting ready for his intro because Bob doesn't, the shows I've done with him, he doesn't hang out in the venue. I, I think he's out in his RV. Or whatever. And uh, yeah, he, he's just like, you know, he'll get a text. Oh, time to go to work. And then, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Bob Marley, and he kills for an hour and a half. And
3: he, yeah, he absolutely it, kills. It's, yeah.
1: It, I don't,
3: I don't know how he does it. I mean, we see other guys, you know, in our own circle that, you know, do well for 15, 20, 30 minutes, you know, and yeah. you know, you laugh throughout, but with Bob, it's like, you're crying, your stomach yeah. hurts. Like you yeah. just can't even stand yeah, up. Straight he after
2: he, it he is, he is a master of comedy i i don't think um there's any argument about that and as far as him being the best in maine i don't think there's any argument about that either um in, in my eyes he certainly is
3: did you ever see uh i mean tim sample uh still performs i i think uh but uh, oh god joe parham do you, do you ever see joe Never parham out joe, of west, no. west paris maine i went to see him one time and he, he's like an old he was he was you know old man at the time He's yeah. Passed on since, but um, his his main accent and his main storytelling, uh, bits were 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 really good, and yeah, I I feel like there's a progression from him to Tim to Bob, and then yep. you know on down the road to us, you know, somewhere. So we're all kind of in there. It's neat to yeah, think, think that.
2: yeah. I think Bob can do it all, though. I think Bob oh, can yeah. do those the main characters and the main stories, but he can also go out to L.A. and and just murder there yep. as well but yeah yep. i not you know i think those uh, i can you know I, I think tim sample would have a hard time with that i'm not sure about you know the other guy you mentioned but
3: well he's you know no longer with us unfortunately but oh, yeah. uh so we uh we see that you've been on some you know the, the danny cashman show the steve Katzos show i'm not sure yeah that is but those are like the the late night tv yeah. uh type shows what are what, what's those experiences like
2: yeah one of my favorites was uh the uh steve Katzo show because <laughs> i've never said this publicly and you oh. may hate me for saying oh. it but um
3: we can edit it out if we need to no, 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 <laughs> it's, okay. No, it's okay
2: we're not recording no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh jack walsh i think mike katrobus would book the comics and then jack walsh would uh prep them I guess, he, you know, he, he'd get uh, what you want for your intro and all that. And he'd just give you like a little pre-interview because after your set, uh, you'd sit down with Steve and, and do an interview with, with Steve. So he kind of wanted to go over the questions and stuff. And Jack opened for Lenny Clark for, I don't know how long, decades, I think. Um, so Jack has, has been there, done that when it comes to comedy. And he's sitting back there with me and he's getting my name and stuff. And he goes, how long have you been doing comedy? And I'm like uh, two and a half years. And he's like, Oh, Jesus Christ. He goes, why the fuck do they keep sending me these goddamn? And he and I'm sitting, I'm sitting, you know, right there with him. And he is just couldn't be more disappointed to have me in the room with him and to know that he is somewhat responsible for me being on stage. (laughs) <laughs> at the steve Katzo show and i i just and i just remember at that point not even caring it didn't bother me at all because i was prepared i'm like i got five minutes i know what my five minutes are going to be for better or worse that's what i'm doing right so nothing jack said bothered me but i thought it was hilarious and uh, you know, like it in my, i didn't confront him I, I didn't let him know that uh you know he was getting to me in any way but it was just his attitude i thought was hilarious where he like right in front of me just going oh my god i can't believe it fuck it. And, <laughs> and, and then i i go up i do my five minutes it, it went very well and then i do my interview with steve that went well and on my way out i went to say goodbye to jack and he says you come back anytime so wow, that man. yeah that made my day nice um, <laughs> uh Yeah, and the the Cashman show is just great. I met Danny through a workshop with Eddie Brill. Uh, Eddie was in Bangor, and uh, I think Adam Hatch set up a workshop. And Danny Cashman would say I had no idea who Danny Cashman was. And um, one of my favorite parts about that day was we all did the workshop, and Eddie had a show that night. And Eddie asked me to open for him i think adam hatch was on the show and karen morgan was and he wanted me to do like five minutes and my first response was uh eddie i can't i gotta i gotta go home and you know get supper ready for my kids or whatever (laughs) and then then i went back i went back to my table and i'm thinking what the fuck did i just do (laughs) so i called my i texted my wife i go hey any chance you can get to pick up the kids and make supper would i get a chance to open for a guy who's you know um it was a talent booker for let him in. And she's like, absolutely. What are you nuts? I guess I am nuts. Uh, Yeah. I I opened for Eddie that night and then Danny booked me on his show like a month or two after that. And I, I think I've done stand up on his show like three times and I did panel once or once or twice, but he's Danny. Danny's just, um, like talk about someone who loves promoting everything, local, local music, local comedy, local talent. You know, uh, in a, such a professional setting like that, and such an entertaining show um, that's broadcast, I think, every Saturday night on, on three or four different networks. Yep. Um, so, yeah. And that's another guy who's living his dream right there. Danny Cashman grew up idolizing Letterman. And look what he's doing now.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Very cool. Very cool. You mentioned your uh, your wife and kids. Uh, are they supportive of, of what you do? Or Yeah, absolutely. That,
2: yeah. moment she was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that moment she was yeah i've never had any issues with uh going anywhere or doing anything comedy related with my wife she knows it makes me happy and it keeps me out of her hair and uh yeah she's always been super supportive of of everything comedy related and my kids as well my, my kids have seen me perform a couple times at, at the shows that i've had clean shows uh that they were able to come to uh one of my favorites was one at um the theater of awesome in freeport it's 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 not there anymore but it was run by um, Matt and Jason Tardy and I was booked on a show there with Mike Donovan from Boston you guys familiar with Mike No, Mike's been been doing Mike's a Boston legend he's been doing comedy since the mid 80s right so uh, I think it was Dave Radigan that booked me and he goes gotta be clean gotta be TV clean and I'm like, okay, I, I I got this. So I think I did like 15 minutes, and I got to bring my kids with me, and they were young. It's, it's, thank God, how old were they? I don't know. Probably um, 13 and 15 at the time, or maybe even younger. Um, so they're they're in the audience, and I do my 15 minutes squeaky clean, goes great. And then Mike Donovan goes up. I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing here. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, fuck this! <laughs> fuck that! <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> And I was like, Are "You kidding me? I could have done that." <laughs> That's TV
3: clean nowadays. That's right. right. That's right. But
2: yeah, I've done a few shows with Mike Donovan. Talk about a master of stand-up comedy. Uh, that guy, he's just, you just—you watch him perform, and you bring a notebook with you. He's—he's he's incredible.
3: We'll have to—we'll um, have to get him on one of our shows or on, on yeah. this uh, podcast someday, hopefully.
2: Yeah, Mike's awesome. Nice. But yeah, I've got to work with with so many. Uh, great comics uh you know whether it's being in the right place at the right time or, or what have you lewis ramey's another one mm. um
3: mm, very goes, good yes yeah lewis
2: is go, lewis goes hey you want to go to connecticut for a weekend and, and open for me i'm like yes i do let me just cancel everything that i have going on and, yeah. as a matter
3: of fact yeah. were you were you, th- were you there that night he was at bull Feeny's that he, he well, i'm sure he's murdered everywhere but he was at yeah. Bullfini's in that little room yeah just tore it up for an hour yeah
2: yeah it's like amateur hours over now (laughs) this is how it's done yeah
3: i think he actually might have even said that yeah
2: yeah that's bold oh it's crazy yeah lewis i i love lewis lewis's half hour comedy central special was like always one of my favorites before i even knew who he was or, or met him in person and i got a chance to you know Shoot the shit with him on a on a ride to Connecticut, and, and I let him know that. And I'm like, "How come you don't do this joke anymore? How come you don't do that joke anymore?" And he's like, "Well, that one was stolen. That one was stolen." And yeah, like people just stole oh. so many jokes from him. And I, oh. I guess I, I guess the way it works is whoever does it on TV first owns it, <laughs> you know. So.
3: We don't uh, have to worry
1: about that do we no <laughs> no. No, <laughs> no, <good. laughs> no no worries here no worries here <laughs> so mark this is this has been great I, I, I want want to move on to our our segment curse the darkness so if you're if you're not familiar there's a Chinese proverb that that goes something like I'd rather light a candle than curse the darkness and so we we thought we'd do a a bit curse of darkness where we can talk about things that are, might be annoying to you, but you don't have any intention on actually, you know, making any effort to correct like personally or sure. Yeah. I think, well, yeah, whatever you you want. Yeah. For me,
2: it's exercise. Like I don't, I like, I look back to when I was running and I felt great and I was in the best shape of my life. And Uh then I, uh, I got, I got Lyme disease and it knocked me on my ass for, I don't know a couple of months and then I never started running again. And I know like I, I eat pretty decently and, and I, I don't know, I, I do okay uh, with diet <laughs> and stuff, but as far as exercise goes, I know it will make me feel better. I know it will make me uh, live longer and all that, but I just have no interest in it. I'm just (laughs) lazy as shit when it comes to exercise. (laughs) I can't do this, but mm, yeah, effort. Is that like, is that, (laughs) an appropriate answer for this question i'm not sure sure
1: i think i think any answer is an appropriate answer. oh good yeah. so, <laughs> just, just yeah, looking for something that's not
3: necessarily comedy <laughs> yeah
1: it's just some, it's just something out there
2: that uh it, you know i mean you, you joke about it too leonard with the your treadmill
1: being uh yeah. <laughs> i mean that's pretty it's much where you, where you get your clothes right right <laughs> need some place to know where my shirts are. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I have one in the garage, too. And that's my excuse now. It's like, well, it's cold out. I can't go treadmill in the garage. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's not safe for the motor. You know, yeah. some sort yeah. of
3: psychopath.
2: Right. <laughs> and then when spring and summer gets here, it's like, well, I, I, I got to keep it covered up so I don't get sawdust on the treadmill because I'm doing woodworking in the garage and I can't.
3: It's too hot anyway. So it's, yeah, humidity. it's too hot. Humidity Who and... needs it? No. Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot.
1: Well, Mark, this uh, has been fantastic. We're wrapping up already. How long did you do with Don uh, and Adam? Sorry, we did we did four hours with Don. <laughs> oh, and, <good>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Only three and a half with Adam, but you know we're 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 bumping up to like fifty six minutes with you, so we, we gotta we gotta wrap it up. Sorry.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. Well, I mean, we can't. We, we got, can
1: we can't, can't be doing about-
2: 57 minutes. <laughs>
3: we, could, we could always talk about your, your gig at the uh, international paper holiday party. I mean, if that's what
2: you. Oh, dude.
1: <laughs> was that a rough crowd? Or what? Was
2: that was just- an awesome crowd. It was an open bar and they were drunk. Oh, no. I shouldn't oh. say that there were wonderful people over at international paper. <laughs> it was just a, such a respectful audience. Uh, they, they did have an open bar and I worked with Kelly McFarland and oh, no. again, When you watch Kelly McFarlane perform, bring a notebook with you because she did crowd work for about 20 minutes and just people falling off their chairs laughing. Uh, Yeah, it was was so good.
3: No easy targets there, I'm sure.
1: (laughs)
2: No, 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 not with an open bar. Uh, But yeah, sometimes those corporate shows can be pretty fun, especially the holiday ones, because people people tend to let loose a little more at the holiday ones. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man.
3: Well, I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about? I mean, obviously, we, we do have time, but at the, at the same time, we're we'll be respectful of what you got going on,
2: dude. Know- it's a Sunday.
3: I know, I know. You know I mean, I got nothing. You might have to throw the turkey in the deep fryer or something for sure. No, I'm
2: all the- good. I'm
1: <laughs> just waiting for kickoff. You know, we got four hours. Polish down the, the, the Brady. Sh- got to polish down your Brady shrine. Get ready for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the shrine, not happening. <laughs>
2: I'm glad you guys are doing this this uh, anything we can do to to promote comedy local comedy is is always a good thing and mm-hmm. I'm so glad you guys are on board uh, as uh, I think the river comics have been a blessing to this area as oh. far as I'm concerned no I hundred percent mean that um, questionable mm-hmm. business practices aside, <laughs> um, I do <laughs> I do want to say no you guys you guys are a great group and I love having I love being on local shows that I'm not producing. That is one of my favorite things in the world right now. So whenever you guys book me, I'm like, oh, absolutely. Oh, really? I me? get to get
1: to roll out of bed and yeah. do comedy? That I don't have to carry the speakers? I, I, and- I, I, get
2: to, I get to go to
1: Lewiston or Auburn or
2: close <laughs> and not have to produce it or host it. Oh, yeah, no. I'm on board.
3: We love having you on our shows. We love having you on this one.
1: And 100%. Yeah. 100%. Oh, man.
2: Yeah, you, you guys are... Uh, you guys are just uh, a, a, like I said, a blessing to the scene because we, oh. we didn't we didn't have a whole lot going on here years oh. ago and now it seems like we're we're competing with just about any scene in the state. Mm-hmm. So
3: we hope we hope to have more as uh, as we get through this year and yeah whatnot. So yeah. Well thank you. Really very appreciate much, that.
1: Thank you, Mark. That was a really nice day. Absolutely. Mark, Mark Turcott, everyone. Yeah, yay, me.
3: <laughs> All right. That was State of Maine comedian Mark Turcott, owner operator of Maine Event Comedy. Check him out at markturcott.com in Maine, as in M A I N E, event comedy.com as well as hosting weekly stand-up shows at Craft Brew Underground in
1: Auburn, Maine. Thanks again to Mark for joining us and talking about the comedy world as seen through his eyes. When you talk to Mark, you get a wide array of topics from comedy to sports and even a little family stuff.
3: Always a pleasure to chat with him about anything and everything. He seems to have an anecdote for it all.
1: Thanks to everyone who listened. Tell your friends and follow Comedy Think Tanked wherever you can. Be sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts Find us on Instagram at Comedy Think Tanked, Twitter at Comedy Tanked, and our website, ComedyThinkTanked.com. Email us at ComedyThinkTanked at gmail.com. Good day.
0: The music was written and produced by a minor, Ralph Bergfeld. No comedians were hurt in the production of this podcast. All audio snippets of actual funny punchlines were not written or performed by any of us or our subsidiaries. Rather, they are express written bits of professionals we admire. Let the civil actions be filed. Any opinion heard, actual, or implied is that of Comedy Think Tank's producers and their guests. Any slight, insult, affront, slur, disparaging remark, snub, rebuff, rejection, or spurning, no matter how derogatory, pejorative, or abusive you may feel it is, was not intended but for comedic, entertaining purposes only. Thanks for listening.
1: Then you go first, I go second, you go third, and I go last. Yep. So maybe split the middle paragraph after family stuff. Yep. Okay. Good. That way I don't have to I don't have to say the word antidote. Antidote? Antidote. 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 <laughs> antidote. Is that antidote.
3: Always a pleasure antidote. to chat with him about everything and anything. He seems to have an antidote for it all.
1: Oh wait. A- antidote. 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 So, so not not an anecdote. You don't mean an anecdote, English major?
3: Antidote.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you think that Mark has an antidote for everything, that's fine. But I didn't. I didn't just. I didn't get the context. <laughs> <laughs> by the way when the little red squiggles under the word means it's misspelled okay there you go
3: <laughs> jesus christ give me a fucking second <laughs> i can see how this all ends
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got through six episodes but fuck leonard he kept making fun of my spelling <laughs> yeah and we on- college college dropout Leonard is. He's making fun of me.
3: You don't have a degree? (laughs) No. Oh, this this podcast is over.
1: It's okay. Cool. No problem. I
3: changed it. Good catch. Good check. Because I would have been like antidote.